Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I'm Greg and welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. I'm glad that you're here with me. And I did want to start out by saying that thank you for those who have messaged me or emailed me with encouragement. I really appreciate that. It is um, very meaningful for me. I, I enjoy doing this. It It, it is time-consuming and Sometimes I, I get into a little bit of a funk where I'm like, uh, I, I just don't know. I'm losing, losing the drive, losing the, the spirit, if you will, to do this. And then I get like a note of encouragement. And I really appreciate it. I just wanted to let you all know that. And I'm glad you're on this journey with me. Of course, we're going to be redoing the whole Bible again, starting in 2024. At least that's my plan. Appreciate your prayers for me as I start getting ready for that, choosing the um, reading plan that I want to go for and, and just having the energy, the desire to consistently do it, even on those days where it's a little bit more difficult than others. We'll start out today, our readings are Psalm 120, Hebrews 8, and Old Testament Ezekiel 13 through 15. Now from Palm, Palm, Psalm 120, uh, I'm going to read for you verse 6. You know you do that too. Quote, I am tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. Now, this statement really resonated with me this morning. Listening to the news on the way to work, I was filled with frustration and sadness and what I was hearing. And I think that that helped to kind of put me in a little bit of a less energy mood before starting this. I mean, why can't we just all get along? I don't mean to reuse that phrase. Of course, that was... Um, I can't remember the incident out in California, uh, the person's name. Denny, was it? Um, but I know the answer to that, and I think we all do. It's because there's evil in this world. It's a fallen world, and we just have to deal with it. But it doesn't change the human reactions that all true Christ followers have towards war, killing, violence, and hatred. We are wanting peace. We are wanting love. My conclusion this morning was a reminder of how important it is to walk in the spirit daily for my own protection and spiritual health and to project as best possible the love of Christ. And again, it's sometimes encouragement from others, including you, that helps me with that. So thank you again. But remember, God's love is not all mushy. Corrective discipline is, in my opinion, a high expression of love, part of the character of God. God wants us to be perfect. We're not perfect. So, 
the refinement is actually, I would say, a sign that you're on the right track, at least that I am. So when people try to drive a wedge in the loving God position by pointing out in the Old Testament, for example, um, there's certainly some acts of God's vengeance. Probably a better word for that is God's discipline. And making statements on how God can allow evil in today's world. I am reminded of what I know of the true character of God and how much I want to hear more. Again, I'm going to take back vengeance. That's really not the right word because everything that God does is out of love. But just like a parent, a good, loving parent will discipline their child. Why? Not out of vengeance, but out of love to try to make them better. Old Testament, Hebrews 8, is where we pick up the story. I'm sorry, New Testament. It has been a rough morning. Maybe, maybe I haven't had quite enough of this, although I have to say it's decaf. <laughs> maybe that's the issue. Uh, Hebrews 8, quote from uh, verse 1, here is our main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. So that's the main point of what the letter to the Hebrews that we think Paul wrote it, but we're not sure. All in Hebrews has been leading up to this statement. All high priests are required to make an offering. Jesus offered his life. I'm assuming that that's where we're going with this. And all this because the first covenant was not without fault. And I have to believe that that was by design to convince people that they could never be good enough in God's eyes by themselves. You just, how many laws are there? 600 or something? You just can't follow all the laws all the time because of our nature. But it's also our nature to think that we can earn our way into heaven. So the first thing, I guess, that God needed to do for mankind was to say, can't do that. You're a fallen people in a fallen world, but I'm going to give you the path that you're looking for. In this new covenant, which made the old one obsolete, quote, verse 12, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Old Testament, we pick up the story in Ezekiel 13, another message to prophecy about against false prophets. Even then, deception by those who people placed in trust was present. We see that a lot today. False prophets only speak of what they see in their own imagination. Quote, verse 9, they will be banished from the community of Israel because of their deception. This includes false women prophets who use magic charms to ensnare the Lord's people. I'm thinking maybe about seduction here. Ezekiel 14, a message came to Ezekiel while he was meeting with the leaders of Israel. Not all of them, just some of them, it says. Who came to visit him. No word, though, as to the intent of the visit. Maybe they wanted to hear good messages. I mean, by this point in time, Ezekiel's kind of established himself as a prophet. And big prophets were in high demand back then. Now, how he ranked on the prophet scale at that point in time, not sure. But he must have been pretty high if some of the leaders of Israel are coming to visit him. Well, the um, message that Ezekiel heard from God wasn't good. At least not for the 
leaders. But remember, God is always talking about discipline to improve us. The message was against the idols they held, they had set up in their hearts. Verse 3. The Lord commands Ezekiel to tell the people of Israel to repent and to turn away from their idols. That's in verse 6. Then another message received by Ezekiel. I don't think it was during the leader's visit, but rather sometime later. But there's no transition statement. It could have been right then and there. War, famine, wild animals, and disease will fall upon Jerusalem. But there will be survivors to join Ezekiel as exiles in Babylon. Then Ezekiel will better understand, quote, verse 23, that these things are not being done to Israel without cause. It's not just out of because God wants to do this. It's because God's trying to perfect his people. Ezekiel 15 starts out with another message, quote, verse 6, the people of Jerusalem are like grapevines growing among the trees of the forest. Since they are useless, I have them thrown out on the fire to be thrown i have thrown them on the fire to be burned so think about grapes usually grow on a on a vine they have to be tied up and it's only in that point that they can produce fruit but if they're and they're open they're open to the sun but if they're growing like on the ground in a forest where there's limited sunlight i think the insinuation here is that the vines aren't going to produce fruit and so anybody who doesn't produce fruit is going to be put in the fire to be burned. In other words, you're useless. This statement reinforces my desire to not be useless and to use the gifts God has given me the best I can. Even when I trip over pronunciation of names, even when I read from the book of Palms, even when I get the information down here in the cryon incorrect, even when sometimes when I start the podcast recording, I forget to down the cryon or the thing in the upper corner there um, or even myself there this is the second recording i've done because i made a couple of mistakes as i was starting it the first time despite all those things i try to use god's gifts the best i can i fall so short and so my prayer to myself as to you is to walk by the spirit every day take care mm-hmm.